Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Welcome TTB community. I am Bob Demena, and here with me as always is the very constructive Elliot Chibley. Thank you, Bob. All right, before we get into the episode, I have some very, very exciting news, and we're just going to try to run through these things that we've been working on very diligently throughout this quarantine. And one of them is our website. And if you go to our website, we have changed it up a little bit. We now have a subscribe where you can actually put in your email, your name, and you get a weekly newsletter with all the information related to our latest episode, our next week's episode and a past episode that we have thrown in there for you to remember. Also, if you subscribe, we will give you a travel sheet, cheat sheet. I'm pretty sure I just swore, but that's okay. <laughs> a travel cheat sheet that Bob has diligently put together and it encompasses a lot of simple items from airlines to lodging to restaurants. And it just kind of gives you a great overview prior to your trip. Also, we have added a consulting services page, which you can either use or you can share with your friends and family if they're looking to plan a trip. There are a few things offered. One of them is a private, one private session, or you can get four private sessions. There's more information on the website if you would like to look into it. In addition to that, we are working on an ebook that will expand greatly on the travel cheat sheet. Additionally, there's travel gear that you can purchase through Amazon that Bob and I have used or would really love to use. And if you purchase through our website, we get a small amount of, your, of the commission and that goes to helping us produce the podcast. And lastly, not lastly, all right, two more items and then I'm done. Check us out on social media. We promote all of our podcasts through Instagram, Facebook, and now YouTube to engage with you and you can engage with Bob and myself and our guests to view their pictures, video snippets from the episode, and soon to be the full episodes. And that's and, Traveler's Blueprint, right? So that's our yes. Instagram handle, that's our Facebook handle. So jump on that and you'll see pictures that correspond with the episodes that you enjoy. Yes. And coming soon, we will be having a travel roundtable with several of our past guests and potentially future guests. And we will be discussing general travel topics. The first one will be related to COVID-19. It'll be four guests plus Bob and myself, so six in total. Yeah, the, the, real, re, the real goal with this is to bring uh, some sort of acknowledgement to the diversity of travel. And it's not just about travel traveling and, and, and appreciating the diversity of the destinations you go to, but diversity among the travelers themselves. And so we have, we're going to bring on travelers of different backgrounds and cultures and race and gender and sort of put our brains together and just understand what it means to be a traveler and why this world is so beautifully diverse and why we enjoy exploring it and maybe figure out ways to educate one another on, on the diversity of travel. So we're really looking forward to that. Yep. And the last item is some of our past guests have their own travel companies and we have their trips listed on our website. If you click the link, it'll just go to their page, um, specifically JG Travel and Scott Lights. JG Travel is for Iceland and Greenland and Scott Light does Amazon tours. And we actually may be throwing together a potential Amazon trip with Scott. So if you're interested in that, uh, send us an email and we would be interested in talking out 
the possibilities. All right, yeah. now for the actual travel news of June. Bob, right. what do we have? All right, so we, we're keeping it light again. We actually, I think this is like going to be a new trend with the show to keep it smaller and quicker and easier, but we're going to jump into the EU. The EU is not allowing Americans into the country, or I'm sorry, into the multiple countries for the foreseeable future as Americans still recover and try to deal with coronavirus cases. And we really don't know when it will be before we can get into the country or into those countries, sorry. Uh, two women from the UK are the first two cases of coronavirus in New Zealand if the country essentially squashed the virus. And so we're going to take a look at that and, and, and explore how that happened. Uh, and then a really sad story coming out of uh, Botswana. Elephants are dying by the hundreds and no one really knows why yet. Um, and then finally, we're going to end with just general travel tips and advice from Elliot and myself on how you as an American primarily can continue to travel uh, while being on lockdown and essentially stuck within the confines of our borders for the time being. So we're, we're just going to kind of get into what Elliot and I at least had in mind and, and plan to do for the remainder of the summer and into the fall. Yep. And then we'll finish with uh, telling you who is on uh, for this month. Correct. And remember, there is no trivia question this week. And the stay tuned for the regular episodes with our guests for trivia questions for them and for past guests. Right. All right. So the first article is from the New York Times, and it really details out the information you need if you have a trip or are planning a trip to any country in the European Union and outside of the European Union, Ireland and Great Britain, because they are no longer in that free movement zone. Right. Yeah. So the on July 1st, which has already passed by now, but July 1st, the EU decided they were going to announce non-essential travelers coming back into the to those countries. However, they when they released the final list or whatever it is, the document, Americans were left off. And so we need to figure out, um, I, I don't know if there's any clear date of when Americans will be allowed to get back in. I guess it's just going to depend on whether or not we handle it and how we handle it and how cases continue to either climb or start to drop within our country. So there are other non-EU countries that are allowed to travel within the EU, right? And so mm -hmm. what I have listed here, um, Algeria, Australia, Canada, Georgia, Japan, Montenegro, Morocco, New Zealand, Rwanda, Serbia, South Korea, Thailand, Tunisia, and Uruguay can go to the EU. No one else outside of the EU can go there at this time, you know, at the time of this podcast. So they're going to revisit the list every two weeks and make a determination on whether or not they can change those rules. So two weeks from now, I don't want to say Americans will probably be allowed in. I don't think so. Not in two weeks anyway. But every two weeks, they'll just revisit it and maybe remove some countries that may have mishandled the virus or just had spikes in cases and, and add countries that have seemed to have gotten it under control. So it's going to be on a biweekly basis where this thing is updated and we'll yep. get additional information. So as I mentioned, you Americans are allowed to fly to Ireland and Britain. But with a catch. You have to undergo a 14-day quarantine on arrival. And if you do not follow those quarantine rules, you could pay a hefty fine of 1,000 pounds, basically 
Right. Yeah. And, and this is something that I thought was interesting, because what if you were an American who flew to Britain and did the 14 day quarantine and then decided, OK, now can I go to the EU? Now can I go travel and finally take my Italian vacation? Well, the, the answer to that is you probably not, but it's going to depend on the country. So what you'll have to do, if, if that's a route you want to explore, you'll have to uh, figure it out and <laughs> research, research the country and what they they'll advise or they'll allow you know, if you do the 14 day quarantine in Britain and then try to come there, maybe they'll let you in. I know certain countries like Greece seem to be pretty welcoming right now. They're really trying to push for tourism to get back to somewhat normal in their country because they rely so heavily on American tax dollars as the rest yeah. of the EU does, but- Tourism dollars. Tourism, well, I, I, yes, tourism dollars, but specifically, I mean, Americans, we do spend a lot of money in the summer in Europe. On vacation, whether it's through cruise ships, you know, American tourism to the EU is a is a substantial business. It's massive. Yeah, yeah. and whether Greek. I mean, Greece kind of just recovered, right? They were right. struggling for a long time with their economy, and they don't want to go back into that. Right, right, right. And so they're hurting. It's not like they don't want us there. You know, maybe culturally they don't, but <laughs> they, <laughs> that's a whole for, other subject. Yeah, for, for as far as our money goes, they they need it, and we want to give it to them. So, what else do we have? Uh, so Bob, I thought that Iceland and Portugal were going to be open to Americans this summer. Is that still true? No, you're right. So, so Iceland and Portugal both initially had, uh, said that they were going to allow Americans into the country, but it, they seem to have backtracked on that based on the number of cases and the rising number of cases in the United States. So Portugal, if you are a resident or you qualify for an exception of some kind, unless you do, you're not allowed to enter the country. Uh, Iceland um, what did they do? So now Iceland is only welcoming visitors from the EU. So if you had plans to go to either Iceland or Portugal, based on information you may have had a few weeks ago, that seems to have changed for the time being. And again, every two weeks, you'll have to revisit it and try to get an idea of when you can come in. Now, if you already have a trip or had a trip booked, by now, you probably already did the work, I would assume, and got your money back. It seems every airline, every hotel seems to have been quite understanding and accommodating and refunding people pretty easily. I know I got my full refund back. Elliot, uh, you got refunds back for your trips. Yeah, and so, but the, I mean, they were both within the U.S. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I had no problem getting a refund. And so now, as Americans, it's just kind of a waiting game. I don't know when we're going to go back. If, if you're listening to this, you probably, I've already talked about it, but I had a trip to Italy planned in September. Um, that was obviously canceled, and now we're kind of waiting to see when we can reschedule it. We thought about doing it this time next year. Well, not this time, like late May, early June of next year, but we haven't really pulled the trigger on it because we just don't know what's going to happen. It's just there's a lot it, of uncertainty. So hard to predict. It doesn't. You can't just assume that cases are going to go down by that point. And again, it's not our decision. It's the, the EU can just say that, no, we don't want you here. And, you know, the flights may be available, might be available. You can book your hotels. But if the EU doesn't let you in because of the cases in the rest of the country, you're kind of at the mercy of that. So I don't know what we're going to do. I think we're just going to hold off. Yeah. And then, I mean, take the time you have planned and travel within the United States. Yeah, we're going to get into that actually towards the yeah. end of this. That's how I think we're going to wrap up is, is tips and tricks on what we've done with our research on how you can still travel and explore and learn and, and feed that 
that travel bug that you have. So yeah. Elliot, why don't you get into the next article in New Zealand? Yeah. So in, in mid June, there were the first two cases of the coronavirus for 24 days. So that was the first two new cases in over three weeks. And since then, since as of yesterday, there have been three new cases in addition to that. But as it stands, the country's total number of confirmed cases is just under 1,200, and they are all completely managed, either in quarantine or within a hospital. And they have not had any new cases for two consecutive days. So they seem like a country that has it pretty well locked down. Yeah, I I haven't looked too much into how they handled it. So I don't know the details of it, but I'm assuming, you know, one, some of it has to be based on their population size, right? It's much easier to manage and and their their geography, right? So they're an island. They're an island. They're an island with a small population and it has to have been much easier to, to manage it there the island itself isn't that populated either as far as where the pockets of cities are. Um, yeah. A, a large portion of the island doesn't have anybody living in it at all. No, and they're spread and, out. I mean, Auckland to Christchurch is spread out by a good distance in some mountain ranges. Right, right. So it, it is an easier place, I would assume, to contain a virus. However, there seems to be an additional level of competence coming from that nation that has allowed for them to be swift in their action and how they handled it. So yeah, jealous. It, should, <laughs> yeah. it should be noted that those two cases in mid June were from two United Kingdom people that were visiting a, an ill family rep or a family right. member that mm-hmm. lived in Auckland. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, as soon as they arrived, they were tested found out they had coronavirus and then they were put in quarantine until they were cleared. Yeah. That is going to be the norm. I think you're going to have to be tested for coronavirus when you maybe get to the airport and then when you land. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably something that we can expect to deal with uh, for the next few years until a vaccine is well established. I think we will probably discuss this in our round table, but I think one of the ways that we may be able to track and at least combat coronavirus is testing every single person. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the goal, right? That's the goal with, with these countries that have handled it are testing a larger percentage of their population. Yeah. But to be devil's advocate, when you test the larger percentage of the population, you get more positive test results. Uh, but if a larger percentage of those tested, if that percentage of those tested continues to increase, you can assume that cases are rising. There we go. <laughs> I just had to, I just had yeah. to say it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it is interesting. The more, the more we have testing, the more confirmed cases we get, it is actually showing the death rate declining. Mm-hmm. because the people that are being tested, the people that are showing the worst symptoms are the only people that are being counted for in the coronavirus cases. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we have more coronavirus numbers, it turns out, all right, we actually have 25% more people getting coronavirus, but of those people, almost no one is dying because they have very mild symptoms. Right, yeah. Yep, all righty. Uh, more, more sad news. <laughs> more sad news, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
this one, it's 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 really sad. There there are hundreds of elephants dying in in Botswana, and no one knows why yet. So, three hundred and fifty elephant carcasses have been discovered over the last two months at the Akavango Delta, which we talked about with Robin in episode sixty-two. The safari for everyone. He runs the company Safari Deal. Check it out. Uh, and he's he he was incredibly knowledgeable about. He was from Botswana, correct? He was born there, Zim, I believe, Zimbabwe. He was he was born in Zimbabwe. Uh, and so they're still trying to figure out what it is. They took lab samples. They took blood samples. I'm assuming they run they're running them at the lab, but apparently that's going to take a few weeks to figure out what is actually impacting them. Botswana is home to a third of of African elephants and the population has already been declining due to deforestation and and poaching and things like that. So, uh, yeah. And they did, they did rule out poaching as the main Mm -hmm. reason for this because all of the elephants still had their tusks. Right. And then another thing they said was that the elephants actually would die like almost as if they were walking and then they would just fall face first into the soil. Yeah. And, and no and, other animals died because usually if it's cyanide poisoning with large populations like that, it'll kill the elephants, but it also kill other animals that drank from that water. Right. So it's, it's something that is infecting only elephants. It is not poaching. It's spreading throughout the population and they're try, they're still trying to figure out why they, I think they also ruled out natural anthrax too, which killed 100 elephants last year in Botswana. So they, they think it's either something that has to do like an, a neurological I don't know, d- disease of some kind that's wiping them out. But Yeah, because to me, this sounds very similar to the chronic wasting disease that a lot of deer in the United States has. And that's been spreading. That's been an issue for several years now. And when deer get it, it just kills them. And it is very easily spread and it can spread to humans too, though. No, I don't think it can spread the humans. Yeah, I thought if you ate it, you could. No, 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 not yet. Because if it if that it hasn't yet, but people are eating the deer because there's some deer that don't show signs. Like if you kill a deer in the United States early on, before they start to show signs of that, and you eat that meat, it hasn't made the jump yet to humans. Okay. But it is one of those things that could. And the more people eat deer that are infected, the higher the chances of that jumping to our species becomes. And who the hell knows what happens after that? Yeah. Um, not to go That's... on a side tangent, but did you see that they discovered a new strain of swine flu in China? No. Yep. It hasn't made the jump yet from pigs to humans, but it exists. We discovered it. And so... Yeah, something else to look forward to. Um, All right. Well, yeah. let's let's talk about some productive let's, things. Let's talk about yeah, how you seriously. can travel this summer, how you mm-hmm. can still get the best out of your summer vacations. Right. Yeah. And so I put a lot of thought into this for myself and my family and just, you know, my mental health needs it more than ever. And I, 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 when I looked into it, I think that most people living in the United States can find some sort of state or national park or some sort of wilderness reservation or area within 50 to 100 miles which may sound like a lot depending on where you are and your means of transportation but compared to having to travel internationally or or through other states it's not that far Uh, and that's really 
what I've been zoning in on, I'm trying to avoid urban travel now Mm -hmm. because I just don't think one, you know, I don't want to contribute or be a part of the spread of this virus in any way. And if I could limit that possibility, I'm going to. Two, I don't want to experience a restaurant with a mask on. Um, I don't want to uh, be be around it. I don't know. I, I'm not ready. Like I don't need to be in sitting in a restaurant eating a dinner quite yet. I'm willing to just take the break and let this thing continue to play itself out. Um, and so uh, that's right. Like I. I I'm not ready to go back and pretend that I can enjoy urban life and walk around the city of Philadelphia like everything's normal because it's not. It's not. I mean, the last two weeks of uptick has shown us that all of the work that we did through March, April, and most of May was paying off. We had steep declines in new cases. And now that a lot of states are relaxing their regulations on wearing masks, on staying at home, on what's open, what's not open. There's been a huge uptick. We're back basically to March numbers and it's, and people still aren't wearing masks because it's green. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I've been avoiding looking into urban places. So what I've been trying to do is fill the time off I have that I had planned for Italy with a new vacation. And what we did, my wife and I did was we started to look into the wilderness areas surrounding us um, all the way up from Maine down to about South Carolina and kind of calculated how far a drive would be. And, and based on that information, we did, we started um, picking where we could stay. So some of the places that we were noting were, you know, up we can go into Vermont and get a beautiful cabin out there. We can go to Maine, um, Bar Harbor is the city. What's the name of the national park? Acadia National Park up there was was another option. Yeah. Then, you know, we have the Grand Smoky Mountains down in in South Carolina, which are apparently beautiful. And I still have never been to. Asheville is a city that I wanted to go to. But obviously, like I just mentioned, we would have probably skipped that. Uh, Then there's Shenandoah National Park, which is in Virginia from Philadelphia. That's only about four hours. Not too bad. And then even closer than that, we have the Poconos, which are a huge travel destination, somewhere that you can get a decent cabin, there's good hiking. So there's, there are options available. Again, there's, there's rivers, you can go kayaking, you can go biking, and you can just kind of get a feel for being outside. I think, however, what we're going to settle on uh, are going to be the Finger Lakes. Uh, Elliot, you might come, right? You, yeah, you and Amanda yeah, we're interested. So I think we're going to end up getting a cabin up there. We're going to have a view of the lake. We are hopefully going to have a cabin in the hot tub. Uh, Finger Lakes are obviously known for the wineries, so we'll just go and we'll grab a ton of wine and we'll maybe grab some. If they're open, I, 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 yeah, I mean, hopefully they're at least open for sale, right? So I would assume that they are for pickup, you know, for bottle pickup. Hopefully, the 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 idea would be to get a cabin, go grab some wine, maybe grab, I don't know, local food of some kind, maybe go to the grocery store, and instead of instead of having a vacation that we're going out and experiencing a new culture, we're just going to focus on uh, sort of an internal break where we remove ourselves from what we've been doing from the scenery that we've had in our homes uh, and sort of just disconnect. And that's the idea of this year's vacation. That will be the vacation of 2020. It will be a disconnect from the world rather than our normal experience where we go and try to divulge in the world in some way. So yeah. Well, and yeah. we, you and I took a kayaking trip two weeks ago. And right, yeah. 
I think it's it's a matter of if you and your family, like your close family, the people that you're in your house with all the time are able to take a trip if you live alone, finding a close friend that you feel very comfortable with that doesn't live too far away and setting aside time to do an outdoor activity. Obviously, you're not going to do an indoor activity because it, you know, is easier. It is not as easy to stay distant and it is known to transmit the coronavirus easier right yeah i think i think outdoor is key especially if you're going to meet with people that you don't normally hang out with elliot and i did a kayaking trip and he didn't put enough planning into it and we ended up i didn't and we ended up on essentially a creek i mean it might have been (laughs) foot deep and we ended up walking half of it right and we did we did it was fun though it was it was it was a lot of fun it was a beautiful creek it still was like the scenery was amazing it was really nice and serene and and peaceful and so we did get to experience it that way but we had this plan to kayak seven miles right was it seven miles yeah seven miles about three hours we got into the water and maybe made it 200 feet yeah 200 (laughs) feet and we had to get out and carry the kayak and you know, walk through the the stream. And we ended up having to do that over and over again. We maybe made it a quarter of the way before we had to call it quits, grab the kayak, hike out with it, call an Uber and, and call it a day. So we actually, we just planned to go back out to the same area, but to an actual river, river that we discovered after <laughs> we finished um, where we're going to kayak. Uh, now, I think. It should be noted since Bob threw me under the bus at the beginning that he was the one that wanted to do this Creek. I had suggested a much larger one. And he's like, now I don't want to be in an urban area. Well, you suggested the Schuylkill, yeah. which would have been your career, right? It would have been a better body of water because there was water in the body compared to where we tried. However, yeah, it was, it was, I wanted to kind of get into nature a little bit more. Whereas the Schuylkill River, if you're familiar with the area, is the river that cuts along the uh, western side of Philadelphia. And even where we were, sort of has industry kind of running along the side of it. It's not a very... In places. Yeah, yeah. We were going to be going nice. We were going by Valley Forge. A lot of highway overpasses. A lot of it's it's a congested area, right? I mean, even through Valley Forge, it's still a heavily trafficked area. And so... In my mind, I wanted to get away from that. And so I picked this place on Google Earth without really looking into the depth of the water or really understanding the water body. We had met at the end of this water body where Elliot, where we're supposed to be the end point. When we got there, the, the creek that we were kayaking down intersected an actual river. And that's what we should have went on. So now we're gonna go back in late July and do kayak that. that river instead and maybe go out to the Valley Valley Forge National Park and and do it that way, do it the right way. So, you know, yeah. you live and you learn. Um, yeah. This but is one why of our planning other trips, is so important. It is. But one of our other trips, we're going to be going up to Cherry Springs State Park. And right. if you recall, I believe it was episode 76 with Valerie, where she talked all about astrotourism. And Cherry Springs State Park is in northern Pennsylvania, and it has one of the best viewing areas for dark skies in the United States. So yeah. we're going to go camping with, it's going to be Bob, myself, and two of our other friends, and just spend a weekend up there. Yeah. And and that's something else that you can look to. You know, for traveling, what we learned when we talked to Valerie was, you know, you can look up and 
and wonder and be in, be awestruck and try to make sense of the universe and the stars. And that's one of the, the stars don't have coronavirus. No, you can look at them all day. And so, or no, all night, actually. All night. So, yeah, so it's, it's just one other option that you have for traveling. You know, go to a park like that and just, I don't know, decompress. Take 2020 to decompress because one, you don't really have any other options. And so check the wildlife out. If you're not into it, if you're not a big national park explorer, if you're not a big hiker, biker, now's the time to try it. Um, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of people would be shocked by how much they can enjoy being out in the woods and not having to do anything else other than be present in the wilderness. Yep. So, uh, stargazing, fishing, kayaking, mountain biking, they're all things that you could give it, you know, try. Yep. All right, Bob, who do we have on this month? Okay, coming up first, after this podcast airs, the following week, we will start with Joshua. He is the travel entrepreneur. He is, uh, he created this platform called Biggers World. His name is Joshua Biggers, and he is all about growing travel content and creating travel content from blogging to, to just online content in general. He's all over the place, and yeah. it was a really interesting conversation. Blogging, so- vlogging tips books everything oh, yeah he has he has ebooks and everything so just a ton of content to, to check out and absorb amanda is would be the next week and she is the host of the thoughtful travel podcast she is a was a great person to talk to really informative beautiful uh stories and she's really into travel books and we got into that and so that was a really fun conversation and you were and, actually on her podcast I was. I was on her podcast too. Yeah. Um, and and then the last one of the month will be Scott Light, who we've had on two times already. And this time we, we tend to break down psychoactive flora with him. This month, we're going to break down Mesoamerican culture and how they utilized psychoactive drugs during their time and you know, how it influenced their culture and their religion and things like that. <clears throat> Again, like the, the guy just has a ton of information in his brain regarding this stuff and and he just spilled it all to us yep so thank you very very much for listening to our travel bites episode to every one of our listeners you are our biggest advocate and we appreciate every single one of you and yes that means you emily matt andrea sarah mike aunt scott and peter you know who you are Uh, please share this with your friends and family it means a lot to us and thank you Uh, while you're at it would you please take a quick minute to leave a review on iTunes or any other travel, not travel, podcasting platform? Yeah. And yeah. Can, can I add to that? The, the, you can. The yes. Reviews are so important because when we reach out to like bigger guests, you know, these guests with millions of followers on Instagram and these established travel companies, we reach out to them. And what they do is they obviously they check our social media and they check our reviews. They check our ratings on iTunes. And so by having better reviews and more reviews, we get these guests much easier. They're more willing to come on our show because it seems to be more worth their time to do so. So if you're listening to this and you haven't rated our podcast yet, or you're not following us on social media yet, please do. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple to do. And if you enjoy the content, you know, hopefully you're willing to do that. And you know, it's, it's not, 
no money out of your pocket or anything. And it really goes a long way in helping us create the content that we really genuinely enjoy creating. It does. And yeah, check out our YouTube content. Uh, we have over a hundred videos now from our audiograms to video snippets and just tidbits of our episodes and a new, as I mentioned in the intro, beautiful website. So stay safe, stay healthy and tune in next week.